0: Well, are you going to say it or not? Like, do you want me to bring it up or no?
1: Um, I got to look up the... I'm trying to look up the verse first. I thought it was Ecclesiastes 10.10, 10, but it's... Um, that's, if the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. So, okay. I don't know, man.
0: Mean, mean burns you can stall for, yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, oh, I heard a good joke this weekend. Uh, NIV is um, n- nearly inspired version. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I
2: didn't. I didn't realize like NIV was so hated.
1: I didn't realize that either. Actually, why is it so hated?
2: I don't know. People. Uh... People just get very accusatory of it, or however you want to say. I don't know why.
0: I, I personally, I like that, NIV. Yeah. What is, does, like, uh, Heritage or um, whatever, like, the, the organization Grandview belongs to, like, do they have their, like, a certain translation that they want everyone to use?
2: Like, I know in all the pews and stuff at Grandview, it's um, NIV, Um, last year or two years ago at the uh, heritage preaching lectures, they handed out CSB Bibles, which are pretty good. And then um, the profs all recommend like ESV as well. So I don't think it's like one that they Mm -hmm. they stick to. You got one, Bernsie, that you like? I got NIV and then my CSB that I got a couple years ago is actually pretty sweet too.
1: Mike, you? Well, my Bible is in... NLT, but I like ESV. So hmm. I don't know. Some some verses are um, better in some translations. Yeah. yeah, that's what I've noticed. So
2: Mike, you just have to make your own translation, and then just like get read every single version of the Bible, and then just grab whatever verse you want to from each translation.
1: Yeah, put i compile my own Bible from each translation. Yeah, yeah that would be. F- I wonder if anyone's ever tried doing that before.
0: That was so much work. <laughs>
1: it's a lot of work to translate in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about we uh, get this going?
0: All right. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode ten of uh, Jibu Boys, presented by Whoa Man Talk, presented by Jibu Boys. My bad there. Um, yeah, episode ten. We're in double digits here. Uh, fourth episode of. Us diving through noah um so yeah here we go i'll introduce uh, us to the co-host mike mike mckay how you doing
1: yeah i didn't realize we were on episode 10 like maybe we need to like crack open a bottle of champagne or something I don't know.
0: you got <laughs> yeah. one in the fridge uh
1: what well, taylor you know, taylor has been sitting down on the counter like it's right really? by. I could reach out and uh borrow it he got on a cruise back in march <laughs> Hasn't opened it yet. He needs a reason to celebrate. it. Maybe that's uh, episode ten.
2: Maybe,
0: uh, Bernsy, how you doing?
2: Oh, I'm not doing too bad. That's... I don't have any champagne where I am, so I can't celebrate with Mike. I guess.
0: Mm. Yeah, I have a uh... Mike. I thought you'd have a uh, champagne for the for when the Suns get first overall on Friday. Oh, that's this. Fr- oh, wow. Yeah. it's you know already what's funny? Week. It's June 23rd today. Oh.
2: Yep. Speaking. Speaking of which, I don't know if you guys saw, but the the NHL just posted on Facebook, like, um, uh, a message of the upcoming draft, and it had um, a lot of pictures of like the different teams in in uh, contention for it. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll I'll just pause it, see uh, see which one lands on. And I think like they rigged it. Detroit. Like whenever you pause it, Detroit's symbol comes up every single time. So. I'm wondering if this draft is going to be rigged.
0: Oh,
1: my. Is that – so that's the NHL simulation of the draft lottery?
2: I don't – like, there. it was just, like, a, a Facebook post by by the NHL, and I just thought it was weird that it seems like they rigged it so only Detroit pops up. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe uh, a maybe conspiracy theory going on back there.
0: Definitely.
1: Yeah, I've heard – like, because I listened to this podcast the other day. It's this um, – Oh, I forget what it's called, but it's just basically, well, I sent it to you guys, but it was basically done by like, you know, a couple of, well, goons like us just trying to put up like, you know, half decent podcast together. And, um, but it was, it was so funny because the one guy knew what he was talking about. The other guy, it was like kind of stupid, but um, so, so that's what made it good. Um, and then anyways, but the, so they went through like the top five players available in the draft um, and you're, and I'm just thinking well, Otto's going to get, you know, like two of these guys probably. And they, but they didn't even sound that hot on, uh, like the top two guys, like Lafrenier and Byfield. They didn't even seem to like them that much. Like just how they talked with them. They were pretty critical, but like Marco Rossi, um, who I believe plays for the Ottawa 67s. They were like really hot on him. Oh, or something.
0: They're probably like analytic lovers. Cause Rossi's like the analytic dream.
1: Oh, is he? I heard he's yeah. he's just small, right? Like
0: yeah, he's like five eleven.
1: Yeah. So I'm,
0: or something.
1: yeah. I'm wondering and they said too, they thought if Ottawa with their second pick, they thought would like maybe take the like defenseman Drysdale.
0: Oh yeah. Um,
1: so they I don't know. Now in my head I'm like, okay, well if Ottawa doesn't get like one of those top two, three picks, they might end up with like Rossi and
0: Drysdale, which would maybe oh, be Oh, dude. The German guy, Stutzel. Yeah. Dude, that guy's going to be sick. Mm. Is like, he,
1: where's he ranked?
0: He's third. Or It depends on who you look. I know TSN had him. Bob McKenzie, the Bob father, had him uh, third. So I
1: saw
2: him. I think ESPN or something had him second. That's what I saw yesterday. Yeah.
1: Wow. He yeah, got a high ceiling. These top five rankings don't really – like, this year anyways, it's not really clear, like, who the top three are, I'd say.
0: Well, yeah, after Lafreniere, there's – I think it's – from what I've seen is most scouts have uh, Byfield, then Stutzel, but a couple have the American defenseman, uh, Sanderson, mm. as uh, at, at hopping in the top three, which is weird, but
1: – Yeah, that is weird.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Big Big Friday for Ottawa could change the, the face of that franchise right there.
1: Yeah. What uh, do we know? What time that is?
0: Uh, Seven o'clock, I believe. All right. Something I'll be tuned like in for that. Uh, the The weird thing it's is weird.
2: Ottawa has a better chance to get the first overall pick than Detroit, if you think about it. So.
0: Yeah, they do.
2: Honestly, Mike, if I were you, I'd be upset if I didn't get the first overall pick because you. They have Uh, the highest
1: odds. Oh, yeah. And I think this is the best, like, you know, French-Canadian coming to Ottawa. Great. We've had lots of success with French-Canadians already. So, like, look at, you know, Anthony Duclair. He's really heated up in Ottawa, finding a home there. J.G. Pajot really, like, created a name for himself in Ottawa. Um, So, like, French boys just do well in Ottawa. And uh, it won't be any different when Lafrenier comes there.
0: You got to learn how to pronounce his name right before he does. Oh, yeah.
1: How do I say it? You're more of an R at the end, Mike. You know what? I can never pronounce these flex names right. Lafreniere? Uh, Lafreniere? Lafreniere. Lafrenier.
0: No, I can't. Lafren- oh,
1: Lafreniere. Lafrenier. Yes. Hmm.
0: Yeah, okay. No. All right. Uh, I, I'm just going to laugh when a team that's in the playoffs gets the number one overall. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: oh, that would be so uh... ridiculous. But then we um, wouldn't even know who that is, too. Yeah, so we wouldn't. Still, leave a, leave, still leaving us in the dark. Thanks, Gary. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know what? Gary Bedman's probably just going to do that just so, like, the draft continues to be, like, mentioned for, like, the next three months. <laughs> but anyways, um, other other hockey news. Uh, Austin Matthews got uh, diagnosed Whoa. with COVID. Oh, <laughs> He's got, so you know,
2: devastating, man. Oh.
0: oh, man. I mean. Yeah. So hopefully he's all right. I've, I have read some studies that say COVID can have some long term lasting effects on your lungs. No. Um, hopefully that's not the case for the least franchise play, player because that would be devastating. Mm. But yeah, any, any other sports news you guys seen that you want to talk about?
2: Well, I, I just saw the, uh, um, I won't call him the GOAT because he's not, but uh, Novak Djokovic famous tennis guy oh, yeah. also has COVID. So uh, the famous guys are dropping, man. Was
0: he in a tournament?
2: Like what was he up to? Yeah. He
0: yeah.
2: I, I just saw he was, he was in something. I'm not sure if it was a tournament, but I know he participated in something with, with other players. So dang. Yeah. That's not
0: good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the sports leagues are all just kind of like jostling for, uh, how they're going to start so there's not too many too much big news coming out unless you're like a baseball fan but i don't know anyone who's a baseball fan so um
2: yeah the jays the jays had a sick draft did they I will say oh they uh they were picking fifth and mm-hmm. they got what was the guy who's um apparently the the best athlete in the draft or the highest ceiling or something so really not too bad uh with the fifth overall pick
1: hey, yeah is- is- I actually like that. Made me think. Wow, I don't understand how baseball works because uh, it sounded like they actually got the best player in the draft and they picked
0: fifth. I yeah. was like, I get that. Um, is baseball happening?
2: I, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I probably would say no. I don't. The, uh, yeah, I think they want they want like sixty games and get like almost. 102 games worth salary which i don't see the owners and the rob manfred doing so i i doubt that there'd be a season this year
0: yes yeah, i saw in the headline what was it like the cardinals owner saying he loses money every year owning the mm-hmm. franchise which i think is just a lie but whatever
1: um, just a note. So baseball. Um, so Taylor and I watched this documentary on uh, Roy Halladay, mm-hmm. um, which Roy Halliday is like one of the greatest pitchers to ever play. And like it, I remember him in Toronto just being like a sweet pitcher to watch. Um, but yeah, we watched this documentary on him. and I couldn't believe how like his wife spoke a lot about him and basically said that, you know, you see like this really composed pitcher. Um, but she said, like, no, he was, like, nervous, anxious all the time. Like, apparently before every game he had to pitch, he would, like, throw up. Um, so just crazy. Like, he demanded perfection from himself, like, as a pitcher and just, like, never um, – and it was just so – it's so difficult. Like, he threw one perfect game in his career, and, like, that was a huge moment for him. But, yeah, I just want to do a shout-out to Roy Halliday because, like, just his tra- – like, his life ended kind of tragically. So, I don't know. I think people should – Look into his life a little more.
0: There you go. Speaking of uh, shout outs, Bernsy see Alfonso Davies got uh, rookie of the year in the Bundesliga.
2: Yeah, not not too bad. Wins two titles his first two years, then uh, wins rookie of the year. Not too bad for a little Canadian boy.
0: Yeah. The shout out and what episode seven probably helped out a little bit too. So. I think so. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah um hey mike i heard you got some marriage advice for bernsey yeah that's right
1: so we're going to start a new segment here on the podcast um called <laughs> on my uh, last Mar- episode <laughs> yeah on bernsey's last episode it's called uh marriage advice with mike so okay bernsey first i got some questions for you um when he went down when he went when he proposed to katrina what what need did you go down on your left or your right
2: See, that's what everyone asked me and Um, I'm, uh, like I'm right-handed guy. So, uh, just to keep balance, I don't know if that keeps balance or not, but I went down on my left, so maybe it doesn't keep balance, but just wanted a, a straight plane for, for the ring. So went down on my left.
1: So, so, okay. So your left, was that the knee like upwards, like in the air? Like, sorry. No,
2: that was my right one was up in the air. My left knee was on the ground.
1: Okay. Your left knee was on the ground. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay. Okay. So you had your right knee up. Okay. okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and then, uh, what, uh, what side of the bed do you sleep on left or right?
2: Um, well, Katrina doesn't want us to have sides of the beds because she has this thing where she has to be on the further side from the door. So right now I'm on the left side, but if we ever move or if we like, bedroom furniture and we've like switched the bed then i'll be on the other side but as of right now i'm currently just rocking the
1: left side right now okay so it's a question of lefts and rights and i'm just i don't know i just those are just a couple of (laughs) narrows i thought were lefts and rights matter Um okay so you're on the left side of your bed but you uh had your right knee up in the air when you proposed her okay okay Anyways, I got this verse here, Ecclesiastes 10 verse 2, lefts and rights are really important. It says, a wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a a fool's heart to the left. So whenever you got to choose between right and left, Burns, in your relationship with Katrina, I'm just saying go with the right, because (laughs) a wise, wise man's heart inclines him to the right. And a fool's heart inclined to the left. So that's my that's my marriage advice for you. When you got to choose between left and right in your relationship, you always choose right. <laughs>
2: uh, all right. Next time I need to solve a problem, I will definitely take
0: <laughs> that into account. Thanks, Mike.
1: Hey, yeah, no problem. You'll you'll thank me later.
0: <laughs> hey, Mike. The only only thing I have with that bad thing, like the right side when you're, like, laying down or, like, the, the right side when you're looking at your bed?
1: Like, because oh. the right
0: side can be different depending on how you look at your bed.
1: Well, it depends how you lie in your bed. Like, what if you like to lie on your stomach or lie on your back, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, I was thinking when you look at it, like, straight on.
2: Okay. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I was talking about, like, back to the bed looking up at the ceiling.
1: I'm on the left side. Oh, so you're actually oh so then you're actually on the right if i was just well this is confusing if, <laughs> yeah. if you're looking
2: if you're looking at it from your angle then i guess i am on the right bang
1: boy, bernie okay so you would right knee right bed looks like you're doing pretty well according to my <laughs> bike here so hey boys just remember pick the right side
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's been our time reading the bible without context
1: yeah uh, um Political right and political left, right, Nick? Oh
2: so, my, <laughs> Oh my God, that's
1: and actually he- that's actually the first time place I heard this verse applied. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah,
2: was a person being serious and like they actually thought that's what the Bible was talking about? <laughs> I,
1: I couldn't tell. Honestly, I'm not <laughs> going to mention who it, I'm not going to mention who said it. I think Nick might know. But, I know uh, exactly who it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh. but I mean. Yeah, it was just, I don't know, I thought it was just hilarious, so I remembered it. <laughs> okay, so what's up? Are we moving on to Noah now? Like, we're in, this is our last week of Noah, uh, Man of God series, looking at uh, Man of God, Noah. Um, so, so we're in Genesis 9, last chapter about Noah. Um, and we said last week that uh, this week Noah, Noah finally does something uh, questionable. Yeah. So, all right, I'm just going to turn my Bible over to Genesis 9. You boys can join me. And uh, we'll look at it today, and we'll try to figure out, okay, wh- you know, we're just kind of, okay, where, you know, this week it's going to be about, you know, seeing, we're going to see how Noah failed as a man of God um, this week. Um, but we're also going to be, Talking about and kind of reviewing too, like over the last few weeks, how Noah did demonstrate being that man of God. When we look back at our vision of manhood, reject passivity, accept responsibility, lead courageously, and invest eternally. Um, so I'm just wondering, uh, Bernsey, do you want to read, do you want to kick us off here and just read, um, hey, stop whenever you want. You know, just read and stop whenever you want.
2: Genesis chapter nine, starting at verse one. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and all of the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground and on all fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has lifeblood still in it. And for your lifeblood I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal, and from each human being too. I will demand an account an accounting for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds human blood by human beings shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made humankind.
1: Cool that's a good place to stop okay um so right away okay so what we had just happened was um well you know we read about in the last chapter right that the waters the waters recede and noah waits patiently um he waits patiently for god's instruction to tell him to leave uh, the boat um and then when he leaves um uh, the Lord, well, he says something like at the end, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting, and harvesting, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Okay. Um, and then what he just read, he makes this command. So he kind of goes back to like I think I've maybe talked about this before when like the earth gets flooded, right? And the earth is covered with water. And in and in chapter Uh, one of genesis like first or second verse talks about you know the spirit of god hovered over the waters the deep waters like right before creation starts so like it started off as a big ball of water now you got the earth returning to this big ball of water because it was flooded but god remembered noah in the boat um, on the surface of the waters and the waters recedes and noah comes out of the boat and then god uh, forms this covenant uh, with noah saying i will never destroy the earth again but he reminds him so in verse in chapter 9, verse 1, where Burns has just read, he reminds Noah of some things uh, that God said when he first created the earth. So again, to me, it's kind of like what was happened in Genesis 1, 2, the story of Adam and Eve um, is happening uh, again, where God just reminds Noah, hey, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. Okay. Um, So that's kind of the command. That's what people are supposed to do, right? We're supposed to continue to be fruitful and we're supposed to multiply um, And and he also tells us um oh the ant- like animals are going to look at you um with uh with fear um which is i was thinking when i read that today i was thinking this week i had uh there's a i was biking um near my parents house and there was there was actually a fox with like a rabbit in its mouth um and someone told me and i was going down this path and someone said oh like be careful there's a fox down there Like, and I'm thinking I'm on like a bike and I'm going kind of fast. I'm like, Oh, it won't be a problem. Right. Cause like, Hey, that thing's probably scared of me. And I think it probably was right. Uh, It was just a tiny little Fox, but anyways, that was just what I thought of when I thought of fear of animals. Um, So yeah, I don't know. Um, Anything else you guys got there? Just when he
2: talks about, um, you know, the meat that, has lifeblood in it, you're not allowed to eat anymore. That kind of just reminded me of um, Acts chapter 10, I believe when um, God kind of um, gives, gives Peter a vision, kind of just opening up, you know, all types of meat and animals to eat. So um, that's kind of cool just to see ways that um, Jesus was the, the fulfillment of Old Testament, prophecies and covenants so that's just where my mind went
1: yeah i've heard this verse is like the well it says i've placed them in your power i've given them to you for food just as i've given you grain and vegetables So from genesis 9 verse 3 i've heard of it it's like the beast the beast feast first is telling you can eat any like any kind of animal and hmm. um, Okay, yeah, and it says, and I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. Um, so so this is kind of like the justice of God here, um, coming in. And and it's interesting to note too, it's like, well, and if anyone t- so if anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands, for God made human beings in his own image. So we're again we're being reminded just like we were told in genesis uh, one that human beings are made in the image of god so he god's reminding us hey be fruitful and multiply you're made in the image of me right like um so just as i have formed and filled the earth um you're going to form things and you're going to fill the earth uh you're made in the image of god so i feel like it's kind of him hey reminding those things uh to noah about like establishing that um with this like small family that's going to become Uh, the fam. um, It's going to give birth to the rest of the nations of humans. Um, It's okay. Um, Nick, you want to keep reading like from verse seven?
0: Sure. All right. Verse seven. Now be fruitful, and multiply and repopulate the earth. Then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant covenant with you and your descendants. And with all the animals that were on the boat with you, the birds, the livestock and all the wild animals, Every living creature on earth. Yes, I'm confirming my covenant with you. Never again will floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. Then God said, I'm giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all living creatures for all generations to come. I've placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. When I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds and I will remember my covenant with you and with all living creatures. Never again will floodwaters destroy all life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I remember the internal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. Then God said to Noah, yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant I'm confirming with all the creatures on earth.
1: You guys, you guys got any comments?
0: Um, I don't know. One thing that kind of stuck out to me, I don't know why, is uh, um, in verse 16, uh like god saying when i see the rainbow in the clouds i'll remember the internal internal covenant between god and every living creature on earth um i was just kind of interesting because like if like do you think god actually needs a reminder like that mm. like, do you, like do you think his anger ever like like he sees something and like he just kind of gets like angry again and like do you think like the rainbow is actually reminding him i don't know i just feel like I was just interesting in why he said that because I feel like God, like he's all knowing. So like he would always remember it, but I don't know. I don't know how much you can read into that.
1: Okay. You know what I heard once? I thought this was, I mean, this is a, like, I just noticed it seems like sometimes you read a verse like that and you're like, wow, it really seems like, um, like God's putting like a limitation on himself. Hmm. No, like, or what? Like you're actually not going to remember? Like you need this reminder in the sky to remind you? Like I thought. I thought. I thought my God was like all knowing and all powerful, and you're telling me, like you need a reminder? Like are you serious? You know? Um, but then someone. And I mean, I heard someone say once that, um, and I thought this. I'd like to know your thought on this, frenzy. Um He said. He said, basically, he's like, "Hey, think about it. If you, this is maybe like a human way of thinking about this. It could be a very human way of thinking about this. But if you have no limitations, if you if you're if you're not limited, what's the one thing you lack? Well, you lack limitations. So, like again and again and again, I just read verses like that, and I'm just see, oh, well, there's just there's my God." putting limitations on himself because he like lacks limitation. That's the one thing he doesn't have. So like he, he gives himself limitation. That's, that's kind of how I, when I read that, that's what I think. Uh,
2: Uh, Yeah. I don't, I don't know like the, the, uh, the original language of this, but like also i Lots of these stories, like, it's probably, it's well, most definitely not like what, what God said verbatim. Like, even in the Gospels, we have Jesus saying, like, the same speech in, like, four different ways. So, like, we know that this isn't necessarily, like, word for word what, what God said. I think that this is just a a good way to, to phrase it to, um I don't know, kind of connect humans with God more, knowing that... Mm-hmm okay, God will remember his covenant. Therefore we should remember the covenant as well when we see the, the rainbow. So it's not, it's not yeah. only on God. It's like all, like sometimes when I see a rainbow, I'm like, Oh, Hey, that's a covenant that God made with mankind. And he's, he's still um, following it to this day. So um, I definitely, I don't, I don't think God needs a reminder for that kind of stuff i just think it's um maybe a a clever phrasing that moses or whoever wrote this used to uh again kind of connect humans with god that's my take on it
1: no i actually i really like that take i think yeah that's exactly what god's trying to do is god's trying to like look the whole like the bible is just about like god's relationship with man right And like, he's trying to establish this relationship with man. He's trying to connect with man. Right. So man who's limited, like, and God's just like, I'm going to put this limit. I don't need a reminder, but I know you need a reminder. So I'm going to limit myself. Like I'm going to say that I need this reminder when I don't, but really I'm inviting you to be able to look up at the clouds and see and be reminded with me. Um, Like, I just, yeah, I think that's right. Like just God's just connecting himself with humans. Um so yeah so when we look up at the clouds so boys when we look up at the clouds after a rainstorm we see a rainbow up there um we can think hey that's a reminder um of God's promise that he will not um destroy the earth again with a flood um and that's exactly how i think we should approach life like we should hold on to um God's promises um his promise Uh, that he won't destroy the earth of the flood, his promise that um, he's given given us eternal life for believing in Jesus, like these promises God gives us that we can hold on to them and treasure them. Um, It's like, that's what God is doing here, training and teaching Noah that.
2: Mike, you you might want to edit this part out. I'm not sure if you want to keep it in, but I'll get a bit political here. It kind of just breaks my heart where most of this world now sees a rainbow and associates it with the lgbtq community it it really sucks knowing that like this is something that's been happening for thousands and thousands of years that god made himself and yet this um this sinful group in our our world has kind of taken over the rights to the rainbow and the the flag and kind of made it all about them so it, it really it does actually break my heart just knowing that when people associate the rainbow more with like gay pride instead of a God who loves us and promises never to, to flood the earth again.
1: Mm, yeah, I yeah. I haven't made that connection, but it is. Uh, what it's it's Pride Month, is it?
2: Oh, uh, it's <laughs> a, it's Pride Week.
1: Oh. it's okay. It's it's a week now. Okay, it was a month, but okay. Okay. Um, well, anyways, yeah. I just have. Uh, you know. Yeah, you see that. Uh, yeah, they use this symbol, the rainbow, right? And like, that's, yeah, that's something, well, a lot of things we take are from God's creation, right? So it's, I don't know, it's twisted that into a different meaning that really is meant to remind us of um, God um, and not, it's kind of weird. I always found the word uh, Pride Week kind of weird or Pride Month kind of weird just because, I mean, I don't know. I don't really think of pride as a positive attribute to be... <laughs>
2: It's a yeah, seven. Pride. It's one of the seven deadly sins. I don't know if you should be celebrating it.
1: Yeah. So, just kind of weird to associate pride um, with something beautiful in God's creation, mm-hmm. like a rainbow. So yeah. Okay. Um, um that's cool. I, I you know I don't mind the political hot potatoes once in a while. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I'll keep. Uh, I'll keep reading here. Um, so this is where okay, so now we're getting into uh, okay, Noah, Noah's uh, okay, so what's happened? hey Noah, for a long time, Noah had this promise. Noah had this promise about a flood was coming um, and that um, he, and that God's gonna take care of um, his uh, family by providing um, a boat that Noah's gonna build. Um, and for a long time like that, I think, um, gave Noah, it gave Noah work to do. It gave him responsibility. Um, but then all this is over, uh, his responsibility, his work to do, it's done. And I think he starts becoming a little bit, um, complacent. Like he's lost sight of that vision that what God has told him. Um, and he's not holding on to enough, this new vision that God's given him to pay, hey, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. Remember my rainbow in the cloud. So like, okay, now Noah, now evil still persists in the heart of man. um, And Noah does something kind of questionable. So I'm going to pick up at uh, verse 18. So it says, the sons of Noah who came out of the boat with their father were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham is the father of Canaan, it says in brackets. From the three sons of Noah came all the people who now populate the earth. Okay, so from the sons of Noah, all the people. Uh, came all the people who now populate the earth so it's one we're one human family we're one human family after the flood noah began to cultivate the ground and he planted a vineyard okay so so he's going and doing what god has told him to do okay go um you know this is part of being fruitful and then one day he drank some wine okay he drank some wine uh he he had made and he became drunk and lay naked inside his tent. Okay, so he got drunk. And then Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked and went outside and told his brothers. Okay, then Shem and Japheth took a robe, held it over their shoulders and backed into the tent to cover their father. As they did this, they looked the other way. So they're being a little more respectful here uh, than their brother Ham. So as they did this, they looked the other way so they would not see him naked. When Noah was uh, woke up, from his stupor, stupor, I don't know how I say that word, stupor, he learned what Ham, his youngest son, had done. Then he cursed Canaan, the son of Ham. May Canaan be cursed. May he be the lowest of servants to his relatives. Then Noah said, may the Lord, the God of Shem, be blessed, and may Canaan be his servant. May God expand the territory of Japheth. May Japheth share the prosperity of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Noah lived another 350 years after the great flood. He lived 950 years and then he died. So 950 years is uh, when he died. Uh, The flood was about, what, 600 years when that happened. Um, So, okay. That's the end of uh, the story of Noah. Like those last few verses there, like a lot happens there. We learn a lot more about Noah's character there. Does anyone want to make any comments or what's up with that?
0: do you want to go for it?
2: Mm. Uh, don't get drunk. <laughs> I think that's that's some story we can refer to here. I'm not saying like alcohol is bad. Like Jesus's first miracle was turning water to wine, so I definitely don't think God has anything against alcohol or wine or anything. Just you know, moderation. I think. And if you yeah. If you see your dad naked, just walk back and <laughs> put something over him.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a like a couple, like on the when he cursed Canaan, like was what, uh, what Ham did was it that disrespectful, like to warrant a curse like that? And did Noah do it more so out of like embarrassment and rage? Like was it a mm-hmm. Like was it from his heart? Was it like the right thing to do? I, yeah. That's that's the two questions that come to mind. I don't know if you. No, know.
1: I, I had the same question that came to mind. That's a great question. I think about Noah's character. So, because you see, like, okay, it's Noah that, like, well, in my opinion, it's like Noah and Ham both screw up here, right? Yeah, 100%. So, Noah, Noah gets drunk, and like Fernsley says, like, I don't know, you know, we don't really, you know. Jesus' first miracle is turning water into wine. So, you know, dr- uh, drinking isn't necessarily bad. But the problem is when you get drunk, you just do some things that are a little stupid. And I guess what he did that was a little stupid was that um, he took his clothes off or something. So, so you just get caught doing stupid things when you're drunk. So that's why it's just a little bit of wise advice to, like, not get drunk so that you don't do the stupid things. Like, hey, I do enough stupid things when I'm sober. I can't imagine the stupid things I would do if I, like, you know. Uh, so uh so yeah so okay but um yeah so then noah then when he realizes when he wakes up from his stupor i can't say that word when he wakes stupor. up when he yeah okay when he when he wakes up then he curses his son ham and like you're kind of thinking okay this isn't really like um i read that as like noah's not really manning up to his mistake like look ham screwed up as well but like noah's first reaction was not to i don't know ask for forgiveness for his actions like he he was caught doing something silly it's a lot yeah i i would just say this is noah not accepting responsibility i don't know if you read that differently either of you but i would say it's noah not accepting responsibility
2: to be fair, I like, I would imagine Noah's pretty hung over at this point. So again, he's probably not in the best state of mind, but, um, I was actually doing some research on this and like Noah, Noah didn't write this at least, you know, the, the common belief. And I believe that the Pentateuch first five books of the old Testament were all written by Moses. Um, and this, And um, like Ham's descendants, the Canaanites and um, the Egyptians were part of them. Um, It's been, it's thought that, you know, Moses may have added this part um, specifically to show that one, um, it would be okay for the Israelites to kind of rebel against the Egyptians and then leave when they're in slavery, as well as um, it being allowed that Um, they overtake the Canaanites who were living in Canaan or Palestine, that area, um, and take over the promised land that God um, promised Abraham. So I thought that was, yeah, just doing a bit of digging around. I thought that was pretty cool that, you know, all the way back in Moses, Moses' time, which is, I don't even know how how much before Moses. um, Sorry, I think I screwed that up. Um, Back in Noah's time. God was kind of just planning all these things so that everything would work out for for Moses and the people of Israel. So um, I think I think that that's uh that's why he included like the the curse of Canaan and him and his descendants.
1: So yes, you're linking the curse to, because um, I have these notes. So I have this note here. My dad pointed this out to me too recently because he was reading this book called. Uh, one human family, um, and so apparently people have used this verse, verse twenty-five, incorrectly. Uh, they've so just in my notes here in the Bible, it says that this verse has been wrongly used. So verse twenty-five is "May Canaan be cursed; may he be the lowest of servants to his relatives." So people have used this uh, verse wrongly to support racial prejudice and even slavery. Um, so base, like I think basically they'd say is that oh, like these you know, there are people, you know, they're cursed, they're like inferior, there's some people that are just inferior, um, so people have wrongly used this verse to support racial prejudice and even slavery, but Noah's curse, however, wasn't directed towards any particular race, but rather at the Canaanite nation, so a mm-hmm. nation God knew would become wicked, and the curse was fulfilled, is this what you're talking about, the curse was fulfilled when the Israelites entered the promised land and drove out the Canaanite people
2: yep.
1: okay cool so yeah it's cool how um that's that's what's being talked about in this uh in this curse of canaan um so that's pretty cool mm-hmm. um
0: and then that's that's a wrap on noah what do you want to like kind of review kind of like mm-hmm. what we've learned or and and how noah how he's checked some boxes of being a man of God and how he's missed on some aspects like that.
1: Yeah. Do you guys want to give your own thoughts of like, look, we just did four chapters of Genesis talking about Noah. Is there anything you learned about Noah's character? Like anything that stands out to you that makes you think, Hey, that's a man of God. Um, I don't know. Anything you guys, you guys got anything that uh, you'd like to share? Just looking back.
0: Um, I just, I don't know if it's because like life, like lifespans are so long back then. It's just kind of crazy, like how long Noah had to like listen to God and and go by his plan, because like he could have listened to God for like seventy years and done the plan, and then like at in year seventy he's like, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. Like I don't think like I'm not. I'm gonna stop listening to God, and then the whole plan falls apart. So just, like, the consistency of him, like, always, like, I'm sure he had his his bad days, right? Like, the Bible doesn't go day by day. But, like, I don't know. I just can't believe, like, how consistent he was and over how, like, such a long period. And I think that kind of, like, makes me look at my own life and, like, wonder, like, God's been working. uh, Like, he's been doing things for me, like, when I was 10 years old that are probably going to impact me when I'm going to be 25 or right now. I don't know. That's just me.
1: Yeah. Okay. Did that make sense? I hope it did. Yeah. It made made tons of sense.
0: No, I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I liked it, Nick. Don't worry. Thanks, Bernsie. Appreciate it, man.
1: Okay, yeah, Burnsy, you share what, uh, your, what stood up to you about Noah's character.
2: Just, just the fact, like, the first three chapters, he, you know, listened to God, trusted God through everything, did not do a single thing without God's permission. Just um, that, that stewardship, I guess, is a way you could put it, or just, um, you know, his... I like going back to the what it means to be a man. I think like just ev- investing eternally is, is the best way to put it. Like he, he really didn't care. Or I shouldn't say didn't care, but like he definitely valued this life in a way that he should, like he knew a lot more was to come. So he was being really obedient while he was on this earth and doing everything, thing that God said. And, and just at this chapter, like he does everything. God makes a covenant with him, saying like, all right, you're basically like my chosen man. like I'm just paraphrasing like Abraham's covenant, but like through you, you know will become many nations, that kind of stuff. And then like the first thing he does is just like slip up. Hmm. so um, that kind of like I don't know gives me hope in a sense knowing that if this guy, who I, I call a pretty solid um, man of God. Um, mm-hmm. If he slips up like this and God still loves him and um, he's willing to still listen to God, even if he messed up this one time, um, I can do the same.
1: Yeah, I think that's important that, uh, you know, God includes that in, you know, in this story about Noah, like, hey, you'll notice all these different man of God's it's like, hey, they all they all screwed up. They all failed at certain points. Like, and that was, and that was recorded. Um, they weren't made to look like heroes all the time, um, because hey, we like fail and mess up too all the time. So we need to know how to get back um, on track. And the only guy that doesn't is Jesus. So, um, it's okay. Um, there is this one. I mean, I do. I do read this verse a few, I think before in the podcast, but Proverbs 29 verse 18, where there's no prophetic vision, people lack restraint. So I just think, I I just think that's what kind of led, I don't know. I'm just like, you know, you're just, you know, you reach the end of like, ah, I can just imagine the relief. Like I just can imagine like how, like it's like Noah walking with god and like trusting and leaning on him as he's building this ark and then all of a sudden the flood happens and like you know uh and and noah and god takes care of noah like noah was walking with god all the way through that and then when that stops when god doesn't like give him that vision anymore of like hey this is well actually god kind of did give him a vision of hey you're supposed to be fruitful and multiply um but when when Noah, and I feel like Noah is just like, oh, I just want to take a break. I'm just going to have a vineyard. I'm just going to, you know, have some wine and I'm going to, and, you know, you end up just doing something kind of silly. Um, so it just becomes complacent. Um, um, but yeah, for, yeah, so looking at, so when I just think back with vision of manhood and Noah, I just think, so first point is, okay, reject passivity. And, you know, that walking with God, it's described as a man that walked with God. So there's him active word. He's not being passive. He's, you you know, if you want to, if you want to spend time with God, you got to be walking with God. You got to be active in that pursuit. And there's um, accepting responsibility, which he certainly accepted a work to do that God gave him, which was, hey, build this boat. Um, And then when you look at um, so that's accepting responsibility and then leading, leading courageously. Like there was no, uh, nothing stood out to me as like, hey, that was really a moment for Noah of him leading courageously. But the whole thing for me of like, hey, I just can't imagine. Like they don't talk much in the story about um, the ridicule from other people, but he's living at a time where you know it describes everyone's hearts. Um, or thoughts, everything is being like completely evil. Right. And like, I just can't imagine the ridicule he would have faced for hey, walking with God and listening to God and saying, Hey, I'm going to build a boat because God told me there's going to be a flood. So I imagine, you know, just with ridicule from people, like the, to be able to still lead his family and say, no, we're going to build this boat. I don't care, you know, how long it's going to take because God's told me this, you know, so I just can't imagine, you know, the courage that would have required. And then just, you know, yeah, just the fear of, hey, this rainstorm is coming, is this boat going to hold or not, you know, and then having the courage to go through that uh, process uh, seems like, it seems pretty unreal to me. So, um, that's leading courageously. Um, All right, well, that's what, that's what we got for the life of Noah. Um, You're going to give him a grade? Oh, sure. Yeah. Let's give them a grade. Okay. Um, right. wait, how, do you, how do you guys want do? We all want to say our own grade and then yeah, yeah. Num- number, right? Or like uh, you want to go out of 10?
0: Sure. Or we could do a uh, letter.
1: Okay, sure. Yeah. I like letter with minuses and pluses. Yeah, sure.
0: Okay. Okay. Mike, go ahead. Or do, or do you okay. need time to think?
1: I'll give. Well, no, I'm thinking I, I don't know. I'm thinking I'm going to give Noah an A minus. Okay. Bernzy,
2: Mike, you uh, you took mine. I was I was leaning between <laughs> a minus and can, just a, a solid agree. A. I don't know if okay. I want to agree with you though.
0: Hey, I'll I'll jump in here so Bernsey doesn't steal mine. I'll give him an A. <laughs> there you go, Bernzy. Oh.
2: Fine, C plus. Oh.
0: That guy could have done so much better. No, I'm kidding.
2: I'd uh I'd probably give him an A minus too. He was oh. uh, really good, and then just the end. Slipped up, but don't we all? Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, I actually thought, even when I said that A-minus, I was thinking, huh, that's actually kind of a bit critical because, like, really, could I expect myself to do any better? No. Um, So, yeah. Okay, so what? We got A-minus, and you're saying A-minus from me, A from Nick, and Bernsie, you said...
0: A-minus, yeah.
1: Actually, A-minus. Okay, so overall, it looks like Hey, uh, Noah's getting an A-minus here, folks. So um, that's that. That's his grade, A-minus.
0: Bang. Is that how you want to end it, Mike? Yeah, that's how we'll end it. All right. Perfect. Hey, have you thought at all what we're doing next? I'm kind of – I don't know. I'm kind of thinking we should –
1: Oh, yeah, we might even want to make an announcement, actually, if we don't. I Yeah. What are you saying? Because uh, I was thinking we might take a break for a little bit and, like, reintroduce it. And, like, when we can, get, like, I would like to, I would like to stop it and then do it, like, when we can come together and, like, figure out how to make it, like, really tight.
0: Okay. Nah. Yeah. That works for me.
1: So, so, yeah, okay. I guess this is our little announcement here. This, <laughs> this episode right now, it's going to be, uh, it's our last one for a little bit. We're taking, we're taking a break. And when we come back, we're going to come back uh, bigger and better than before. Yeah. Jivu boy style. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, boys. I think i got to make supper, so. You? Ooh, what are you what's making? on the menu? Chop soy.
1: Nick, we'll let you go and uh, make your chop suey. Soy.
0: Chop soy. Soy. All right, say so boys. Soy. Okay. See you, Bye.